All right, welcome back to episode number two of the Uniquely Better Life podcast, Stories of Hope and Recovery, hosted by the Willow Center. Uh, my name is Chase Cotton. I'm the executive director here at the Willow Center. I am uh, thankful for the opportunity to be your host. And uh, today we have uh, our new friend Aaron, uh, who will be sharing his story here in just a minute. But like you heard in our first episode, we like to start each episode with a quick mental health or recovery tip. And today's uh, recovery tip uh, is about stress reduction through breath control. So oftentimes when we get really triggered, uh, whether it's triggered by past trauma or triggered by something stressful that we're going through in the moment, our breath becomes extremely shallow and we start breathing from our shoulders and our throat as opposed to breathing from our diaphragm and our belly. And there's a lot of research that supports that we can help manage some of the stress and anxiety that we might be feeling in the moment by breathing more from our belly and our diaphragm. The diaphragm is this muscle that kind of runs right underneath the rib cage. And when you breathe from that area of your belly, it actually helps you get a deeper breath with more oxygen. And if you breathe nice and slowly, taking in a few deep breaths in and out during that stressful moment, it'll actually help you manage that stress and the stress you feel uh, a little bit better than otherwise. So I would encourage you to uh, try doing some deep belly breathing uh, the next time you're feeling stressed. All right, we're going to hit some intro music, and then we'll dive into today's story. All right, we're back. Welcome, Aaron, to the Uniquely Better Life podcast. Thank you so much for uh, being so willing to share your story today. How would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, well, my name is Aaron. Um, I'm almost 48. Um, I have three children, one stepchild, and uh, three dogs. Three and, dogs. And a, and a lovely wife and a nice yard. And nice. Life is good. So Awesome. Yeah, before we got started, Aaron was telling me about his garden, and it sounds enviable to say the least. Lots of, <laughs> lots of good vegetables coming up. It's going to be a good harvest season. Well, Aaron, why don't you just go ahead and dive in? What What would you consider to be your story of hope and recovery? Uh, okay, well, back in childhood, my father left when I was young. He, he preferred to do drugs and sell drugs, and my mom didn't want us around that. So mm. um, she was a single mom, worked three jobs, two kids, you know. Uh, so uh, she met someone, seemed nice at first, but uh, over the years turned out to be a pretty big alcoholic and, oh, you know, he was man. mentally and physically abusive. And so that's the kind of childhood I had. I didn't, you know, just, he, 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 uh, he was a biker from New Jersey mm-hmm. and with alcohol problem and um, it was kind of rough, you know. Um, yeah. He... One day he'd come home, be in the greatest mood, loan you twenty or give you twenty bucks. Other day he'd come home and just, just be mad at the smallest thing. So you never knew. It was always like walking on eggshells. Yeah, that's hard, <laughs> especially as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Well, when I was my senior year of high school, we got into a physical altercation, mm. and he was a big guy, so he kind of threw me around a little bit. And unbeknownst to me, my mom. I had to move out to my father, who I didn't even know, because mm. he wasn't around. You know, he wasn't even in my life. But um, I thought mom was choosing his side. But come to find out, and you'll, I'll tell us what you know how I found out later. But um, she did. She wanted us separated because she thought one of us go kill each other, kind of thing. So, yeah. but but 
you know, when you're a senior in high school, you think your mom picks somebody else. That kind of hurts a little bit. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when I moved out to Brownsburg, you know, um, I always wanted to be in the military. My mm-hmm. life dream was to fly a helicopter. I always wanted to be a helicopter pilot. Yeah. So I joined the Marine Corps. But before I went to the Marine Corps, um, well, let me backtrack a little bit. I did a normal partying. It wasn't like excessive or nothing like that, you know, smoked sure. some marijuana, sampled different drugs, you know, and, and did party, did drink, but uh, nothing in excess. Yeah. But, um, when, before I went into the uh, Marine Corps, I had a, a family member ask me if I wanted to help, you know, paint a house and all yeah. this. And uh, so I did, you know, could use extra money. And, sure, uh, of course. Um, well, he, there was no house to paint. He wound up giving me a pill, which I thought was, you know, something weak, but... Mm-hmm. Layman's term, or basically, he drugged me and then then he raped me. Oh man! Yeah, and um, I didn't tell anybody that for twenty nine years. I kept that in. You yeah. Know, um, it, it, That's a really deep trauma. Yeah, and uh, you know, when I went to the military, I, I loved it. I loved. It. I loved the uniformity. I loved the structure. I loved all that. Right. And so, I mean, it really wasn't that bad because I knew the person next to me had my back, and I knew the person. You know, behind me, I had my back, and I had theirs, and, I, and right. that and that was wasn't so bad. But then I uh, wound up breaking both my heel bones, Oof. and I got a medical honorable under medical discharge from from there. And that was probably one of the saddest days of my life when I realized I wasn't going to be a lifer. You know, right? So, uh, well, when I came back, you know, I still hadn't told anybody. Nobody knew, you know, and I, and so I never dealt with it. Right. And when I got out of the military, that's when, you know, I smoked a lot of weed and then then drank a lot. Mm -hmm. And then um, got married, had a couple kids, got divorced, had custody of the kids, remarried the same woman, had another child, (laughs) divorced again, had custody. But um, the whole time, you know, I wasn't really paying attention the way I was dealing with the trauma. Mm -hmm. Instead of talking about it, getting it out, you know, it... I was drinking it away. I was right. I was covering it up so I wouldn't have to deal with it, you know. And yeah. um, and really not. While I was going through this, I didn't really realize that's why, you know, because mm-hmm. I mean I never would face it. I just turned from it so I wouldn't have to deal with it, you know. And and run. Which you know. especially, you know, as like a young man, like that's not only a societal expectation that you just be strong and muscle through and don't talk about what's happened in your life, but like it's also kind of an internal struggle of sorts Mm -hmm. yeah like i have to be i have to be quote unquote strong which apparently means i can't talk about what's hard all right that and i mean it it did it made me wonder you know what kind of person uh, you know in my eyes how could i allow that to happen to myself oh god i wasn't looking at it as something that was on him i was putting all the weight on me i was taking Mm -hmm. those and through uh talking to Mandy and being here at the Willis and I learned a lot of this, you know, right. It's a, uh, it's crazy how much I learned, but anyway, you know, back to my stepfather, he, he was always, you know, quit being a pussy, you know, don't do this only, you know, uh, you're right. It was the, you know, masculine thing. You're supposed to do this. You're not supposed to talk about your feelings you know, don't be a girl, you know, and right. all this kind of stuff. So well, over the years, the drinking, increase especially when i got a job where they started drug testing because 
I've always held a job and, you know, insurance for my children has very important that they're covered. Right. You know, absolutely. It, I wasn't even really worried about myself, you know, cause honestly I, di- I didn't like myself. I didn't care for myself. Mm. And, uh, so once I couldn't keep smoking weed a lot, you know I mean? I, the drinking just took off. Yeah. And, um, before I knew it, man, it was years have gone by. I'd been through three divorce or been through three marriages, uh, lost the house, you mm-hmm. know, all kinds of stuff. And, um, by not dealing with this trauma that I went, you know, it, it it's kind of like a, a pressure cooker, you know, it just mm-hmm. keeps building, building. Eventually it releases somehow. Right. Well, I was, I started cutting and burning myself, you know, just to, I guess, feel, yeah. or, you know, get rid of that, the buildup, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, um, to feel some kind of something. Right. Instead right. Instead of just the internal pain. Right. And, you know, and, and I, I'm, I'm, I was always self-destruct, like life's going too good. It's got to go bad. So let's just blow it up kind of thing, yeah. you know? And, and I don't, it's probably just subconscious, you know, in the subconscious, I didn't really realize I was doing that. And I sure. keep people at bay, you know, let them in a little bit and then push them back, let them right. in a little bit, you know, but I, I think that was, I was just protecting myself because you know, again, never dealing with this, you know, never talking about it, never nothing nobody yeah. knew but um I mean, let alone with you know uh, what i'm sure like the trust like just being able to trust anybody again after right. that trauma i'm sure is incredibly difficult oh absolutely I, I there's very few people that i trusted at all you know and i and i i can make friends but sure. i didn't have like close friends i have a core group of close friends that i trust in my life there's like four or five of them yeah. and and they know who they are you know right and um but everybody else i just kept at bay you know, of course the cutting got a little bit more you know not liking yourself and you know not suicide was really you know a constant thing every you know mm-hmm. i thought about it every day and i even at the happiest times of my life i would think about it you know and right. i never really understood why you know why mm-hmm. why do i do that you know and so uh, i met uh, i got hit by a car and i posted on facebook thinking the guy who hit me and not stopping to see if I was okay. You know, I ride a bicycle. Yeah. And I love it. I love riding bicycle. But, um, well, uh, a girl I went to high school with posted on there. Oh my gosh, you okay? And we started talking and, you know, uh, we want, uh, we met up and, you know, I fell in love with her. I, yeah. I liked her a long time ago in high school, but sure. we, we both, she dated one of my friends and I dated one of hers and we okay. never crossed that line. But boy, yeah. I, you know, I, I really wanted to. She, sure. <laughs> she's a great lady. Well, um, She's a, she was a trauma nurse in ER and, and seeing me just spiral out of control, you know, and, and cutting and suicide and attempts and stuff like that. Yeah. She's the first person to ever ask, you know, cause of the drinking and then all that, you know, just blowing my life. You know, she, she asked why, mm. why are you doing this instead of you have a problem, you know, blah, blah, blah. She actually, I mean, it was, I feel bad for her. It was a, it was ugly, but she's the one that brought it out mm-hmm. she's the first person i ever told about the i hate the hate saying the word but yeah the, the rape you know and right and uh shortly after that you know once again i blew up again and and um i i cut my wrist and i cut it bad i had to have surgery to fix tendons and you yeah. know it was i'm lucky to be alive but yeah. um yeah she stuck with me and and i, I truly believe I'm alive today because of her, because she cared enough to she actually. She sounds like a special lady. Yeah, she wasn't just, you know, t- 
trying to address the surface issues. She, mm -hmm. You know, she, she's a, she's big in a root cause analysis. Right. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I do love her dearly, and I didn't want to lose her. And, you know, I, my life is good, and, and I'm still, I was drinking and self-destructing mm -hmm. and, you know, wanting to commit suicide and, you know, thinking about suicide. And But like I said, my life was really good. I, yes. I, I loved it, but I hated it. Mm-hmm. So I uh, went to a stress center in St. Vincent and for uh, for the alcoholism and stuff like that. And it just, I wasn't addressing the issue with the thing I was going. So mm -hmm. they, uh, I talked to my counselor there and told her, you know, that I need something more. I need to address, you know. Right. And so uh, she gave some recommendations and this place was one of them. The, the Willow Center? Was yes, uh, Mandy yeah. was one. It's uh, EMDR. EMDR therapy, yeah. Yes. So for the listeners who don't know, that stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing Therapy, which is specially designed to help folks work through past trauma. You know, one day I had to make an errand, run a CV or something, and I'm driving by, and I, I see the Willow Center. Mm -hmm. You know, I never did really look into her car. And kind of like being an alcoholic, you just find yourself pulling into a liquor store and you're not wanting to, you know, you, you just, right. you just turn out and I just turned in and I came in, you know, and, and I got assessed and they got me, uh, going on a plan and I got to meet Mandy and started the EMDR mm -hmm. and, uh, something about it, it worked. I mean, it, it it's, uh, it, I didn't like it. Yeah. I didn't like talking about it. I still don't like talking about it and, sure. you know, being, uh, introvert the whole time you know keeping everything in right i still struggle with talking you know and but you know with all the the therapy and, and even one lady's here you know talking about it is important mm -hmm. and it's the only way i'm going to get better right and so you know that's why i agreed to do this with you you know i'm not I'm very uncomfortable you know and i and yeah of I, course. But, I mean, it's hard. Oh, yeah. No matter how far along you are in your journey to healing, mm -hmm. talking about the painful pieces never gets easier. Right, and not just not just that trauma, but you know, just talking about it. You know, all you, it's a survival technique. You know, right. learn, you, you you don't put yourself out there. If you don't put yourself out there, you can't get hurt. Mm. You know, so that's profound. Yeah, and all you know, years and years and years of doing it. Well, my way didn't work. Mm -hmm. You know, I found myself and swimming in a endless bottle you know it never right. never ran dry well even though i wanted to get you know i'm here doing all this stuff learning and, and dealing with this stuff I, I still struggle with stopping drinking sure you know and and i just couldn't give it up and you know, well um shelby recommended seeing a doctor uh, uh maybe getting help with by uh, uh pills yeah uh, like you know the helpful medication pills. assisted yeah. treatment well yeah. uh, all the way back to the trauma when he gave me that pill and did that, I, I, I never did pills after that. You know, I don't even like taking aspirin, Yeah. you know, and, and I, I, I do have ADHD, so I got prescribed Adderall, but I only take that because if not, I drive people around me crazy because mm -hmm. I'm everywhere. So, mm -hmm. yeah. but I still, I, I didn't want to take pills. I was against it, against it, against it. But, it's connected um, to the trauma. Right. Yeah. But I couldn't stop drinking. Mm -hmm. You know, and I wanted to, even no matter how bad I wanted to, I still found myself pulling into a liquor store, you know, still right. doing all that. Um, well, again, Shelby recommended Bear Bauer, and, you know, my wife said, you know, you're going to have to start trusting somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, not everybody's out to get you and all this. And so I did. You know, I, I, it's so important to me to stop drinking that I, I, I 
put trust in something I normally would never put trust in, and that's right. other people. And uh, I went there and got, you know, got some help, and I was able to stop drinking. You right. know, I, I haven't had a drink in, I think today's day 50. That's which, awesome. Yeah, Congratulations. Know, I appreciate it. I'm just trying to make it 51, you know? Yeah. <laughs> One day at a time, yeah. as they say. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the biggest thing I struggle with is I'll never be able to drink again. And that just messed with me. Ever? Sure. You know what I mean? Ever? Like, what about if my daughter gets married, you know? So, no, I can't. You know, and I'm I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, with the with the program I'm on and the counselors I see and the recommend, you know, trusting in your guys' recommendations, like talking about it, and you know, right. life is get, getting better. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't have the desire to drink. Yeah, you know, it's, it's I still have a dream, you know, and stuff like that, and I still. You know, there's thoughts every once in a while, like oh my, like last night we were burning the fire mm-hmm. in the back. We burn all the branches we cut down, and I think that's the second or third fire we've had since I've drank. But it's the second or third time I haven't drank when we've had a fire. Right. And you know, we burn there a lot. So, you know, that that's when the thoughts come back. Oh, you know, I would have been drinking. These situations had, right. that we associate that social drinking aspect with. Right. Yeah. But now instead of a uh, turning to the bottle or turn it to any drug or whatever when something's going on i try to talk about it right then and there or at least let the situation calm down and then talk about it you that's know that's great try not to sleep on it you know what i mean mm-hmm. don't go to bed angry i've, I've heard that from marriage counselors but yeah <laughs> i need practice with that one sometimes too yeah and, and it it's not like you know i'm mr oh well, let's talk about it but, you know I, I still have something i have to work on but you know um, to practice yeah it's a yeah and you know the more you do it the easier it is because mm-hmm. when i first started like with man you know I, it, I couldn't say the word rape yeah or you know i couldn't talk about the trauma without getting emotional and withdrawing and crying you know and shaking and but now you know the more i talk about it, the more i practice talking the more that I'm, you know, trusting people who love me. Right. It, it, it's, it's, it's helping. It's working. You know, that's remarkable. I mean, the fact that like, you know, moving from a place of self-hatred that you're even mm-hmm. able to say that you trust people love you, mm-hmm. I think is just such an incredible evidence that you have, you've healed, you've grown, you know, right. I think that's, I just think that's beautiful. Right. Well, I used, you know, I, I would think, in my head, I went worst case scenario. Like if people were to find out this or that, or, you know, they, they would think, oh my gosh, this weak kid, this guy, you know, he's supposed to be going to the Marines, supposed to be a big man. You know, I was, I was a kid. I didn't really, I was, I grew four or five inches when I was in, Marine, when I went into yeah. the Marine Corps. So I hit my growth spurt late. Right. You know, I was small and the guy was big. And, but in my head, everybody would look at me and look down on me and the mm-hmm. shame I carried and all that. But um, even when it all came out, my best friend, Rob, I, I I wanted him to know what was going on because, sure. you know, but I couldn't tell him because mm-hmm. I didn't want to see him look down on me or, you know, so uh, my wife know. actually had the conversation with him. Mm-hmm. And after that, he sent me a big long text, you know, and, and told me how he, you know, he looks at me like one of the strongest people he's ever seen and, wow. you know, all this. And so in my head, the way I was thinking everybody would look at it wasn't what it was. Sure. It was just in my head, you know, and, and, and I gave, that guy all that power for all those years and right. come to find out if I would have just spoke about it and trusted some people you know put mm-hmm. the trust in the right people the one, the people who really do love yeah you. the ones yeah. that are there to help you with it you know help you get better or make you a better person not someone that's going to drag you down you know and uh so 
like I said, self-hatred, you know, and I, I had struggled looking at myself in the mirror. I had hated brushing my teeth. I'd always step to the side so I couldn't see myself in the mm. mirror, you know, so, yeah. but, um, like I said, you know, just trusting in, you know, I truly think my counselors here, I, I, I really get the feeling that they really care about what happens there, yeah. you know, cause I almost got booted out of this place cause I couldn't stop drinking and right. Shelby and I got into it one night and it was all on me, but I was so embarrassed and ashamed of what I did, you know, that, that that's the day that everything flipped mm. as far as, I guess, trusting in everybody that here trying to help me out, you know, because right. I was still drinking and still showing up and, you know, just kind of going through the motions. Right. But it was after that and, you know, um, seeing that even though you know i said some pretty nasty things and was ugly sure. you know still cared enough to still wanted to help me out you know right. still not giving up when i already had you and know seeing so. through those you know difficult conversations where you know we say things that we don't mean or right. we say things from the emotion of a moment but like the people who are still there afterwards mm -hmm. they're like man we're come on back like let's keep going let's mm -hmm. keep doing this together and also you know realizing that it's my addiction, that part of my brain mm -hmm. trying to give me any reason to drink, right. trying to find that side door in, you know, mm -hmm. oh, well, you had a bad day or, you know, got in an argument with your counselor, you need to drink kind of thing, you know, and it's always there. There's always, you know, when, when if I get an argument with my wife or whatever, you know, my, my brain goes to, oh, you need a drink to calm down. Yeah. Well, no, I don't. It right. just wants a drink. It just wants fed. The, the monster wants fed. Yeah. I don't need a drink to calm down. I need to just calm down and talk about it, and you know, with my wife calmly and, and work through it right. and not get drunk over it and, oh, it'll take care of it. No, you know, that's not the way to do it. So, You've grown so much, Aaron. <laughs> that's remarkable. I appreciate I, it. I mean, I just, I just want to thank you for your willingness to share your story, mm -hmm. you know, like, because all, all I keep thinking about is, like, this is just one man, you know, this is one person. And there are so many others out here who have gone through very similar situations who are still in that place where they feel like they can't talk about it. They feel like they can't talk to someone else about it. So if you are listening and that's you, I mean, please know that it's, it's possible to heal together with oh, the yeah. right people who love you and are going to support you. Yeah. You know, you know, I, you're, I, I thought I was the only one, you know, right. and, and then, Coming to find out, I'm not. And even uh, Matthew McConaughey came out recently and said when he was 18 in a right. band, you know, and, and you know, uh, it's, I guess, uh, I look at it, you know, um, what I've been through, I've, I've gone through for a reason. Mm -hmm. You know, not that I'm better than anybody or not, I'm, you know, having a holier than now yeah, moment or nothing so. at all. Yeah. But there's got to be a reason why I went through it. And, it. and if I can help somebody or if, you know, if it does, if it helps one person, then it's good. You know, uh, yeah, my son, that. one of my sons, he had an issue, you know, and he was struggling with some addiction. And uh, he he told me not too long ago that he's inspired by me because I did tell him, after I told my wife and everything, I did talk to my children and my ex-wife about it and her husband and let them know, you know, because they saw me just spiraling going. Right, you know, and, and they didn't see the reason why. No, no, yeah. they didn't know why. They just, but... Um, you know, they, they care about me, even my ex-wife, you know, of she course. and I, we get along, you know, we just couldn't make it as a couple. Yeah. But, um, but the fact that your son said he was, Oh, oh yeah. Okay. That's you. where we were. I mean, Sorry. I'm what, a, what a reason um, to be proud of. That's, yeah. 
he let me know and he's been clean for quite a while now so and he's got, he's got himself a good job and you know and so he's his life's better so that kind of you know i don't take compliments very well i'm learning to you know but of course um that that was pretty cool absolutely yeah so well, that's that's an incredible affirmation mm-hmm. i love that so in the context of your story i mean what do you feel like has been your biggest takeaway so far the biggest um lesson learned or um, change of mind if you had to narrow it down to one thing I thought I was stuck just in a cycle you know Mm -hmm. I thought I was just gonna keep going the way I am until I died you know or I took my own life or whatever or I drank myself to death but you know there uh, there is hope out there you know I I, the the hope for a, a sober life or a decent life you know what I mean it's 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 possible you know but i could you can't do it on your own right you know you you everybody needs help mm-hmm. you know um it takes a village to raise a child kind of thing you know we're meant to be. so um it takes it takes a village to help adults stay okay <laughs> yes it does <laughs> we gotta help it, each it other absolutely out. does <laughs> but um just just that the, it's possible i mean it really yeah. is you know from where i was i'm not a very big guy at all but man i could put some alcohol away and sure i mean it was scary now i think about it you know the amount i could drink and being right. small it, it's crazy but you know it, it is possible it really mm-hmm. is you know it's what do you feel like that that word hope means to you now that's a great question you know uh Hope to me, you know, no matter how bad life gets, it's survivable, you know, it, uh, coming through that trauma, um, thinking, you know, that the people who should love you don't, but they actually, you know, like, well, my mom did, she separated us because we fought, she afraid one was going, you know, she did that to protect me, but I didn't see it as that kind of thing, you know, just right. that the, the, there's hope for anybody everybody you know it, no matter what you've been through there's a you, you you don't have to turn to drugs and alcohol to solve problems mm-hmm. you know and and man yeah yeah it's, it's that, no that's a good that's a good way to end it you know yeah. I, I think that's beautiful aaron uh, thank you uh-huh. truly thank you for you know honoring me with with being able to hear your story I know I've, I've kind of just been around the Willow Center and not really in a lot of the, the client care part, um, but it's 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 truly an honor just to, to hear your story and, and get to know you a little better. And thank you for being willing to, to share it with those who might listen to this and be inspired to take that first step in their healing journey too. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. If you had to end with just like a, you know, a single piece of advice to that person who's struggling, what, what would you tell them right now? <sighs> there's hope you know there really is you know seek the help i thought you know i was big enough man enough to do it on my own and i I wasn't right and i'm still not you know even though i haven't had a drink for 50 days you know i still need the help i still need to make sure that i'm active in my recovery Mm -hmm. you know it's not just something that oh you stop drinking it's fixed no you know i still come here every week to see counselors, you know, twice a week for class or group. Right. You know, and, and it's necessary. It really is. You know, um, 
used to be all quiet and everything, but now I talk about things because it helps. Even coming here and doing this, it was recommended by Shelby. Mm-hmm. And it takes courage. Yeah, to share your story. you know, and like you know, we talked before. Sorry, you know, I'm not comfortable, really not, you know, and I didn't really want to talk, you know, because but I haven't got to the comfortable area yet. But get out there and do it. You know, the things that you're afraid of, you kind of need to face, mm-hmm. you know, or or you're just going to be running your whole life. And I'm, you know, tired of running. Yeah. So tired of running seek the help that's good advice there thank you you're welcome thank you all for listening today uh my name's chase cotton i've been your host uh this is the uniquely better life podcast stories of hope and recovery hosted by the willow center in brownsburg indiana this was our second episode um you can go back and listen to our first episode if you missed it um that's another great story of hope and recovery and we'll be back next month with episode number three thank you so much for tuning in